Hey guys, it's Daniel here once again. Welcome to Roots, a podcast about greatness. And we're gonna pick up where we left off last week. I told you guys it was about to be an episode split in two. So we're gonna get right into the second part. Last week we were talking about how Columbus didn't discover shit. It was only a, a murderer, a rapist. There were crops indigenous to the Americas and Africa and crops indigenous to Africa and the Americas. And they clearly depict transatlantic trade between Africa and the Americas. In this week's episode, we will start with the mother culture of Mesoamerica, the Omeg civilization, the origin of the Black and Brown Alliance. Let's talk first about the gigantic stone heads in central Mexico. As I told you guys, the Olmec civilization was the first significant civilization in Mesoamerica, even being named the mother culture of Mexico, which means without the Olmec civilization, there were no Mayans, there were no Aztecs. We only learn, or in my case, we only learn about the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Incas, but we need to learn about who, what civilization, paved the way for them to flourish. The Olmecs predated the Mayan civilization for over 1500 years and the Aztecs by as many as 2500 years, which would make it the oldest pre-Columbian civilized society. This culture, this civilization dominated by Africans is best known for the colossal carved heads in central Mexico that served as even more evidence that Africans sailed to the New World before Columbus. Those heads are clearly crafted in the likeness of Africans. In 1862, during an oil drilling expedition, the first Olmec heads were found. Kinky hair, thick lips, broad noses that are distantly African. They range up to 11.15 feet in height and weighed up to 30 to 40 tons. These statues of black people with large eyes, broad fleshy noses, full lips, hairstyles native to the Africans, such as cornrows, are found in many of the Olmec terracotta. Cornrows clearly show black people who are in Mexico in prehistoric times and that they most likely came from West Africa, the South Saharan region, rather than Melanesia. In West Africa, cornrows are and have been very common since prehistoric times till today. They also, the heads, appear to have scarification, which you remember guys in Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger, used to scar himself after every kill. And you guys know that is native to certain African tribes as the Dinka of the Sudan and some West African tribes. This same patterns of keloid appeared in Olmec heads, which means Africa all the way. It leads up to theories that either Africans made the colossal heads or they were made modeled Africans they have seen. Take it as a photograph or a painting. You paint something, you photograph something you've seen or a self-portrait of that. So either way, it points to Africa. The person who discovered, quote unquote, these heads, Jose Melgar in 1862 during that drilling expedition I told you guys, he even wrote, what astonished me was the Ethiopic type which it represents. I reflected that there had undoubtedly 
being blacks in this country i hate that word blacks is something only racists say and if you're hearing this and refer to black people as blacks do better change wood now studies done by clyde winters show that the olmecs use the mende script a writing system used among the mandinka and other africans in west africa because when the writings on the olmec monuments were translated It was found that the language spoken by them was Mende, which was once widespread in the Saharan region. Even early Mexican scholars were convinced that the impact of black explorers on the New World was both profound and enduring. One of the authors, J.A. Villacorta, wrote, Any way you view it, Mexican civilization had its origin in Africa, and even an Indian scholar went as far as saying the black man began his career in america not as a slave but as a master ancient black people of the americas for me are the missing pieces of the large puzzle that would be solved if many of today's writers scientists historians archaeologists were not as biased or as embarrassed embarrassed about the fact that black people were the beginning and end of everything that they were here before what is acceptable to them which is European whites that they rather omit this whole part of world history than to actually tell it like it is. So basically to preserve the myth that white supremacy is the focal point of every technological advance, of every advance in world history, they rather lie to us in the scholar system and feed us lies. They'd rather whitewash every accomplishment of anyone non-white to prevent us from advancing as a culture, from knowing our true history and greatness and our actual accomplishments. Africans were here way before Columbus and no genocide occurred, no massacre. Similarities across early American and African religion also indicate cross-cultural contact. Mayans, Aztecs, Incas of Peru, They all worship black gods, and the surviving portraits of black deities are revealing. For instance, ancient portraits of Quetzalcoatl, a Messiah serpent god, and Ek Ahua, the god of war, are unquestionably Negro with dark skin and woolly hair. Let's ask ourselves, why would Native Americans venerate images of so unmistakably African features if they had never seen them before? No coincidence. And if they were, there are too many too large and occur too frequently to let them just go unnoticed. The construction of pyramids in the Olmec civilization was strikingly similar to what was used in West Africa at the time. These pyramids were both tomb and temple built in hardened brick, while the ones made in Olmec civilization were built in hardened clay but they both serve the same dual purpose, tomb and temple. I'm not saying ancient Native Americans weren't skilled enough or smart enough or couldn't come up with them on their own, but either Africans taught them or they taught Africans. Either way, Africans and Natives were in contact long before the Pale Faces came to terrorize. The founder of the Museo Michoacán Mexican Museum even said, his name was Dr. Nicolás León by the way, the almost extinction of the original Negroes during Spanish conquest and the memories of them in the most ancient traditions include us to believe 
that the Negroes were the first inhabitants of Mexico. In 1311, another major wave of African exploration to the New World was led by King Abubakar II, ruler of the 14th century Malian Empire, which was even larger than the Holy Roman Empire. The king sent out 200 ships of men and 200 ships of trade material, crops, animals, cloth, and crucial African knowledge of astronomy, religion, arts. They supposedly landed in Brazil, but if we're gonna go deeper into this, we have to talk about the Malian Empire, about Mansa Musa, but that's a story for another episode. During the latter part of the Bronze Age, from 1500 BC to 1000 BC, new conditions in the Mediterranean made it more difficult for West Africans to trade by sea, even though their land trade across the Sahara was flourishing. Greeks, Phoenicians, Assyrians, Babylonians were trying to gain control of the sea routes and trading ports of the region. Conflicts on the region may have pushed the West Africans to strengthen their transatlantic trade with the Americas and to explore and also settle there. A journey across the Atlantic to the Americas on a good current during climate weather would have been an easier task to West Africans of the coast than it would have been through the use of caravans crisscrossing the hot by day and extremely cold by night Saharan, what is now desert. It could have been much easier to take a well-made ship and let the current simply take it to the West Indies. After all, Africa is America's nearest neighbor. Journeys by ship along the coast of West Africa towards the north through pillars of Heracles eastward onto the Mediterranean to ports such as Byblos, Lebanon, Tyre, Sidon would have been two to three times as lengthy as taking a ship from Cape Verde, sailing it across the Atlantic and landing in northeastern Brazil, 1500 miles away, or Mesoamerica, 2400 miles away. The distance in itself is not what makes the trip easy. It is the fact that currents, which are similar to gigantic rivers in the ocean, carry ships and other vessels from West Africa to the Americas with relative ease. Textbooks for years have said that either Vikings, the Norse, or Irish reached America, but no one even dares to mention Africa, even though evidence is tangible. Evidence is there. It's pretty obvious by now, guys, that Colombia wasn't the first. Considering after the first voyage, 90% of the indigenous Native Americans were wiped out either by disease or by violence, within five years, it leaves very few people with memory or oral history or even written history of their African counterparts who are known by them to visit, trade, and live alongside them. As time allows us, to drift further and further away from the European age of exploration and we move beyond an age of racial intellectual prejudice, historians are beginning to recognize that Africans were skilled navigators long before Europeans. After all, history will tell you that seafaring is the quintessential European achievement, the single endeavor of which Europeans are awfully proud. Seafaring allowed Europe to conquer the world, and the notion that black Africans braved the roaring waters of the Atlantic Ocean and even beat Europeans to the New World threatens a historically white sense of ownership over the seas and lands. And as we say here, the greatest threat towards Africa having a glorious future is her people's ignorance of Africa's glorious past. <laughs>